0: This morning, uh, if you would open up your Bible to the 24th chapter of Proverbs. Plenty. Webster's defines plenty as a full or more than adequate amount of supply. When you have more than you need, that's plenty. We say things like, I have plenty of time left before my appointment. There's plenty of food if you want seconds or in some of our cases, thirds or fourths. Plenty means not having to scrimp, not having to, to barely get by, scrape the bottom of the pan to have enough, or count pennies to make sure that you don't overdraw. We all want to live a life of plenty. I doubt very many of us would want to be multi-billionaires. That's just too much to worry about. But to have plenty, to have enough, to have what you need to take care of yourself, maybe a little bit extra to splurge, maybe enough to be able to care for others who you love, that would be good, wouldn't it? To have plenty. We, in fact, my dad used to say, I wouldn't even have to have the lottery winning, just just a, just a little bit of it. I wouldn't take all of it, just a little bit, just enough to pay off the house and do, having plenty we all think plenty would be nice. That would make us happy. Not not too much, not too little. It's a good amount, right? The Bible tells us about having plenty. This morning, we're going to be looking throughout the book of Proverbs. I'm going to give you a lot of verses. So let me give you this warning right off. If I were you, When I put verses on the screen, I would jot down the references. I'll try to handle it slow enough so that you have time to jot down the references. But use those spaces on the back of your bulletin. Write down the passages where these verses are found. And then later, go back and read over them. Study them. Meditate on them. Let God's Word cover your heart. Take some time with them. Because some of the truths that I'm giving this morning may seem like they're so simple, they seem like they're so basic, may seem like, oh, I've already got that. But the more that you study, trust me, I can tell you this from my experience over the last few months, the more that you dive into these passages, the more that you find just how true they are. We'll see some characteristics as we're looking for everyday wisdom, for having plenty, We'll see the characteristics that should that should describe our lives, the type of character that we should be developing in our pursuit of having plenty. But before we look at those character traits, I think we have to make one very important distinction, one truth that above all others comes out in the book of Proverbs, and that is that righteousness is more valuable than having plenty. Before I get into the types of character that God tends to reward with plenty, with with riches and wealth and, and having treasure and those sort of things, I have to tell you that the greater treasure is not the stuff you have. It's not the money in your bank account. It's not the possessions that are around you in your homes, the comfort and the food and the peace and the shelter and all of those things. It's the righteousness, it's the type of person you become as you apply the Bible to your life. Righteousness is far more valuable than having plenty. Take Proverbs 22.1 for example. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. For favor is better than silver or gold. As good as riches are, as good as gold and silver may be, a good name, a good reputation is far better. And how do you get that? By being righteous. By being the type of person who earns the reputation. Proverbs 28, 6 says, Better is a poor man who walks in his integrity than a rich man who is crooked In his ways. It would be better for you to have nothing and be righteous than to have plenty and be crooked. Proverbs 16:8. Better is a little with righteousness than great revenues with injustice. I'd sure like to try the great revenues part, but I don't think the injustice sounds that good. But it's better to have very little, but yet get Righteousness, right. Being right with God, having righteousness is far more valuable than having plenty. So before we begin this look, I want us to make sure that we are focused in the right way. The purpose of having plenty is not to have plenty. The purpose for having plenty is to be able to use it for God's glory. And next week, we'll talk more about what it looks like to use plenty for God's glory. But for right now, I want us to look at the character traits that God tends to reward with plenty. Keep in mind, God doesn't always make the faithful rich. I know the guy on TV didn't say that. I know. I know that it's so much easier to think that once you accept Christ and once you begin to live your life for God, that He smooths everything over and makes it all great. Sometimes He doesn't. Sometimes you go straight to the poor house. Sometimes you may be in a position where you don't have plenty, where you're trying to scrimp and scrape, to scrape and, and save and trying to get enough, but it doesn't seem to be working. You may not be getting anywhere. But I want you to know that righteousness is more valuable anyway. Get that righteousness and, and, and God will make sure you have what you need. In fact... One of the things that we find is that typically the righteous have plenty. Listen to Proverbs 22.4. The reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. Now, does it always happen this way? Well, sometimes yes, but sometimes no. There's a lot of poor folks who have been honoring God with their lives. I know some of them. So do you. People who give everything they can for the gospel. Everything they can. Maybe they're missionaries on a foreign field. Maybe they're pastors of churches that are this size and smaller. There are some pastors I know that didn't take salaries at all, that didn't take offerings at all from their church because their church was so poor they couldn't afford it. And they just said, you know what? I'm going to serve you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to honor God by my service to you in this place. and, And don't even worry about the pay. I'll, take, I'll provide for my family. I'll work the jobs to provide. Let me just honor God by serving you. We all know pastors like that. We all know men and women who have given of themselves and given of themselves and given of themselves and they don't have much to give. But what's interesting is they always seem to have enough, don't they? Solomon's telling his sons that righteous living, putting God on the throne of your heart, and vacating that throne yourself, cause, cause isn't it easy to want to sit on that throne? Vacating the throne and letting the rightful person sit on it. It gets you all kinds of abundance. Sometimes that's abundance in physical resources. Sometimes it's abundance in personal reputation. Sometimes it's just abundance in a perpetual reality, an eternal life. But there always seems to be, there often seems to be abundance among the righteous the wages of sin proverbs 10 16 says leads the wage of the righteous leads to life but the gain of the wicked is to sin you see the contrast he's comparing two different things to show just how much better righteousness is the wickedness wage that's what's earned gain that's a profit Wage of the righteous. What is the wage of the righteous? It's life. The gain of the wicked to sin. You ever notice how when bad people start to do well, they get worse and worse and worse? When good people continue in goodness... There just seems to be something about them. Riches do not profit in the day of wrath. But righteousness delivers from death. It's only so far that money's going to get you. But those who are righteous, they have something that's worth even more. They have plenty, not just physical plenty, not just monetary plenty, not just fiscal plenty. They have plenty that goes beyond death. We serve a God who conquered death. Didn't we just sing that a minute ago? He conquered death. And because of us being in Him, righteousness delivers from death. Righteousness that doesn't come from my effort. Righteousness that is given to me by Him that I then act upon as a result of receiving it. That I, the righteousness that I receive, that I then live out, it leads to life. It delivers from death. Proverbs eleven twenty eight. Whoever trusts in his riches will fall. You know why? Because it can't get you all the way. There's a stark line between life and death, and riches cannot penetrate it. Riches cannot cross that line. The righteous will flourish like a green leaf. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. For his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night, and he will be like a tree planted by living water that gives forth its fruit in its season, and everything he does he makes to prosper. Psalm 1. The righteous has plenty. Proverbs 13, 22. I love this one. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. What kind of an inheritance makes it to your children's children? A plentiful one. Maybe that's money, but maybe that's a legacy. Maybe that's a character that gets ingrained in them because they see it in daddy and they see it in grandpa. This is a wise man sitting his son on his lap trying to pass on the wisdom that God has given him. That's often how it works. It doesn't just stay with you. It carries on past you. But notice the end of the verse. Notice the contrast. The sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous because you can't take it with you. Eventually, it's going to fly. One one of the Proverbs, I didn't quote it in this sermon, but one of the Proverbs talks about... uh, Wealth getting wings and flying away. That's that's exactly what it does. Mine has turbo jets on it. But that's exactly what it does, doesn't it? It leaves. It scurries away. It's like cockroach. When you turn on the light, it runs as fast as it can. Some of y'all have roaches that are braver than that. I have a few that are braver than that in my house and I have to go after them before they start running. But you get the point. The righteous have plenty. Proverbs 15, 6. In the house of the righteous, there is much treasure, but but trouble befalls the income of the wicked. God has set this up in a beautiful way so that the righteous always have plenty. Again, This may not be money. This may not be fiscal things. This may not be nice lamps or or good uh, treasures and trinkets around your home. It may not be uh, upscale furniture. It may not be a fancy car in the driveway. It may not be physical things. But the righteous always seem to have enough. Have you ever noticed that? I have. God makes sure of it. Not only do the righteous tend to have plenty. The wise tend to have plenty too. Proverbs 24. Look in verses 3 and 4. This is the one I'm asking you to turn to. Proverbs 24, 3 and 4. By wisdom, a house is built and by understanding it is established. By knowledge, its rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. You know what I thought about as soon as I read that? I thought about chapter 9. What we talked about last week. If you remember last week, we meet the lady wisdom and the first thing we see her doing, chapter nine, verse one, wisdom has built her house. Wisdom is constructive. Wisdom is active in a constructive way. She builds. So it's no surprise that wisdom leads to having plenty. She's building it up. She's, she's putting things together and assembling them in constructive ways so that they become greater. You ever noticed how sometimes you can put two things together and they become better than they were separate? There's, um, yesterday I built something for my wife. She, she wanted to, um, she's been making these cups for a couple of folks, and she was wanting to put this stuff on the outside of the cups to help them last longer. And so she had me build for her. Um, basically, it's, it's just a couple pipes, in a piece of wood to, um, to hold the cups while she works with them. I couldn't find the wood that I wanted. I wanted a, a wider piece of wood that was pretty thick so it would, it would be stable. I couldn't find it, so I found two smaller pieces of wood. They were about two by two inch. And so I drilled holes in that and we put the pipes in and everything. And I said, well, maybe this will work for you. Um, put one in each of them. And this morning she came, or this morning on the car ride here, she said, yeah, it didn't work. They fell over. It wasn't sturdy enough. Now, had I had some screws long enough, I could have screwed them together and made it bigger, and they would have been sturdy enough. I could have fixed them so that they would have worked. But because I didn't, they weren't sturdy. Sometimes having a couple things put together becomes sturdier, becomes better than what you had taken apart. And that's what wisdom does. Wisdom is the, part of it is the ability to put things together in a way that makes them better. God in his infinite wisdom knew that I didn't need to be by myself. God in his infinite wisdom knew that we as people would not make it on our own, that we needed to be in community. And so he has built a church whereby we can join together and be better than we were separate. And together we have plenty. I I can't tell you how long it would have taken me to put a roof on that building by myself. Y'all, we told y'all the need and less than two months later, we've got the money for that roof over there. Now, we started with some. Don't get me wrong. We didn't raise all of it in two two months. But man, we've made some incredible progress together. Wisdom puts things together and they become so much better than they were separate. 11.5 Whoever puts up security for a stranger will surely suffer harm. But he who hates striking hands and pledge is secure. Not only do the wise get plenty, the wise protect it. They don't endanger their finances by co-signing loans, especially with strangers. I mean, it's bad enough to co-sign a loan with somebody you know. But with a stranger? They don't put their resources on the line for people they don't even know. They remain secure because they don't make foolish deals. Their wisdom protects them. Wisdom is why they have plenty. Again, Sometimes this isn't money. Sometimes this isn't financial or or physical things. But the wise always seem to have enough. Maybe it's a good word. A timely word that you just needed to hear. Maybe that wisdom comes out in being a crying shoulder. A shoulder to cry on. or Or a person to listen and help you sort through things. Maybe that wisdom comes out in buying and setting that extra place at the table because you know you're probably going to have a visitor. Welcoming them with open arms. There are times when my mom would make enough food for me not knowing whether I was going to be there or not. Mom must do that kind of thing. There's a chance, so let's make sure we have enough. That's wisdom. Not only do the wise have plenty, not only do the righteous have plenty, the diligent have plenty. This is the one that you would think about. The ones that are hardworking are going to have enough. Turn over to chapter 27. This is a few verses, so I want you to to look at this in your Bibles. Um, The screen is nice and all, but sometimes it's just nice to put your eyes on a piece of paper. Proverbs 27, look in verses 23 through 27. Know well the condition of your flocks and give attention to your herds. Remember, this is written in an agrarian culture. This is written among people who are farmers, who are cattle keepers, who are, who are shepherds, who, who deal with animals and, and raising things and that, that sort of line of work. These are people who have to look after their flocks because their flocks are their means of income. For riches do not last forever. And does a crown endure to all generations? I know one crown that does. There is a crown that endures to all generations, but the rest of them don't. Verse 25. When the grass is gone and the new growth appears and the vegetation of the mountains is gathered, the lambs will provide your clothing, the... Goats, the price of a field. There will be enough goat's milk for your food, for the food of your household and maintenance of your girls. What he's saying is even when times are tough and the grass is withering away and it's that season where where there's nothing in the fields, there's no harvest to reap, there will still be a way for you to manage your family's safety and security. You'll still have a way to earn the money you need to put food on the table. Look after your flocks. Now, for you, you may not have flocks. I don't have flocks. I have kids. That's kind of close, right? But it's not really the same thing. But I do work with equipment, and I can watch after that, right? If you, if you've uh, uh, guys who do lawn service, you are constantly looking after equipment. There's constantly the, the, the blades need to be sharpened, or, the, or this needs to be fixed," or, or that needs to be tweaked, or, "I've got to get more gas." It's, y'all probably are, I, I'd hate to see y'all's, y'alls bills for gas and, and lawnmower parts. Um, the thing that makes you money, you need to take care of. be diligent about it. Because that's what's providing for you. And the diligent have plenty because they take care. They work hard. They use elbow grease. The diligent have plenty because they ain't afraid to get their hands dirty. They ain't afraid to get in there and work hard and sweat to make it happen. That's why they have plenty. because They work the tails off. They put in the effort that Wealth often, requires, wealth often requires a lot of effort. Now, you can point to two or three people who, who get rich overnight. They don't really do anything, and suddenly they're rich. But you, you know that three out of four millionaires, about three out of four of them are first-generation millionaires. They worked hard to earn it. It don't just happen. It's the diligent that have plenty. That hard work pays off. Proverbs twenty eight, nineteen Whoever works his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows worthless pursuits will have plenty of poverty. Poverty. Hey, there's a plenty for the for the worthless folks. Plenty of poverty. Verse uh, uh chapter fourteen, verse four. I love the way he puts this where there is no oxen the manger is clean, but abundant crops come by the strength of an ox. Yeah, it's going to take a lot of hard work. You're going to have to clean up a lot of filthy manger. You, Melba has horses, you know. The stables, it don't take long, does it? No, it's a lot of work. But how, how, do, you get, how do you get the abundance from the harvest if you're not cleaning up after the oxen? They plan, the diligent plan for success and they follow through. They play the long game. Proverbs 21, 5. The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. This ain't a get rich quick kind of thing. It takes a lot of hard work. And the diligent are willing to do that. They don't sleep. They don't crave laziness. Uh, uh, chapter 13, verse 4. The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. Proverbs 20, verse 13. Love not sleep, lest you come to poverty. Open your eyes and you will have plenty of bread. Don't lay down. Don't don't get lazy. Be diligent and you'll have plenty. Not only are the diligent getting to enjoy plenty, So do the disciplined. The disciplined have plenty. So diligence may get plenty. Discipline keeps it. Guards it. Proverbs 21 has two verses. We're going to go backwards, Nicole. So go to verse 17 first. Proverbs 21, 17. Whoever loves pleasure will be a poor man. He who loves wine and oil will not be rich. Then a couple verses later in verse 20. Precious treasure and oil are in a wise man's dwelling, but a foolish man devours it. You see what happens? While While the diligent work hard to get plenty, the disciplined manage what they have well so they don't waste it, they don't squander it. So we have the righteous having plenty. We have the wise having plenty. We have the diligent and the disciplined both having plenty. The last one seems to counter a little bit of logic. But it's one of the greatest truths that I find in the Proverbs. And that is that the generous have plenty. Now, how does that work? I mean, so the guy that gives away a lot of stuff is the one that has plenty? That, that doesn't seem to make sense. No, it doesn't, does it? That's what's so great about it. We typically expect those who are rich to be generous. But it's almost like God is commanding us, be generous. And I'll give you plenty. Proverbs eleven twenty four. 24 one gives freely yet grows all the richer now how does that happen another withholds what he should give and only suffers one let me let me make this very clear i am not saying that if you're not giving tons and tons away that you're going to be broke it's not what i'm saying I'm not saying that if you just sow a seed of faith in this ministry so I can buy my private jet, that you will have... That's not what I'm saying. Don't hear that. I don't want a private jet. I don't want one. What I am saying is, when you should give and you don't, you'll find that you don't seem to have enough. I don't know why God designed it this way other than that He Himself is generous. But when we live generously, God's blessings just seem to overflow. Again, not necessarily financial. But boy, there's a lot better ways than financial, aren't there? You ever get giddy to give? You ever get absolutely giddy to have the chance to give? The other day, uh, Carrie and I went out to eat, and we're not, we're rich compared to the rest of the world. We're not rich compared to many people, um, in in America at least, but we uh, we went out to eat with four kids, and the place we went, you're supposed to get one free kid meal for every adult. The waitress gave us all four kids meals for free. Um... So we decided we were just going to give the rest and tip that what we would normally pay, and it was exciting. I don't know why, but I enjoyed it. We ended up tipping two cents more because I rounded it up to the next dollar, two cents more than the meal cost, and I was giddy to do it. I was like, so I, I was like, you know, you know, since 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 we weren't since we were going to pay this anyway, let's just. Let's just give it as a tip. It felt good to give. It's amazing. When you give, there's just something that, that's far better than the money. I don't care about the money. I mean, I would if we were overdrawn. But, I, you know, we have enough. And we're able to give. Let's give. Proverbs 28, 27. Whoever gives to the poor will not want. Isn't that Interesting. But he who hides his eyes will get many a curse. How many times have we just tried to avoid the situation because we didn't want to, want to give? How many times do we just act like we don't see it when we really do just because we don't want to be bothered with it? Don't live like that. Be generous. See, generosity yields a cheerful spirit. That, that helps us to put the diligence and the discipline in to getting plenty. It helps us put the righteousness and the wisdom into practice that God often rewards with extra blessing. Being generous makes us a contagious person. You ever get around someone and you just, you just love being around them? Generosity has that kind of effect. A joy that helps us overcome obstacles and find innovative solutions to problems. It produces an attitude of service that makes us stand out as exceptional amid a host of ordinary people. In addition to what it does to us, it also keeps us from disaster. Proverbs 28, verse 8. Whoever multiplies his wealth by interest and profit. The assumption here is... Uh, overbearing interest and in profit. This isn't just someone who's marking up the price a little bit to help cover the business and, and, and have money for his family. This is someone who's price gouging, who is, who is taking advantage of other people, who is charging excessively high interest rates. Whoever does that gathers it for him who is generous to the poor. All you're doing is collecting the money so that God can give it to the one to whom he wants to. And if we're really honest about it, when wealth is the end, it leads to despair, doesn't it? Because it flies away. vanishes. We can't take it with us. It's temporary. Generosity puts things into perspective. Wealth is a lousy goal. Generosity reminds us that there's a better one. There's one other thing that generosity does. It makes us like God. You know the verse. For God so loved the world that he gave. God loved us so much That he demonstrated a generosity that was not earned? Or could it ever be? God gave his son, his only son, freely, cheerfully. When we practice generosity, we are simply looking like daddy. And the rewards of being like God, the rewards of having the attitude of Christ, the rewards of being righteous are worth far more than the physical stuff we're giving up for it. You see, when Jesus, when God the Father gave the Son, He was giving us plenty. Everything we need to have right relationship with Him. Everything we need to have standing before God, to be able to stand at God's throne and not shake with fear, not be damned because of our sins, but to have an eternal life living the way that God wants us to live. When we are generous, we show people God's generosity. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord, I'd love to help you do that this morning. But even if you do, I want to remind you that having plenty, well, we as believers have plenty already, don't we? God provides for us and cares for our needs. He loves us. He protects us. And He's every day shaping us into the kind of people who can glorify Him, bring honor and praise to His name. If you're not a member of this church, this is a great place to do that. Bring glory to his name. Those who are, y'all agree? Yeah, see, see, told you. I'd love to help you know how to do that. Even if you just need help. Putting things in perspective. Living the right kind of way to recognize the plenty that you have. I'll pray with you. I'll help you in your journey. While we sing this verse of invitation, you come. Y'all stand. What number? It's from page 506, 506. Page 506.